It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is your main event, Mark's Podcast, brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Radio Network and the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad. I am Troy, and with me as always, he is the WCW Watcher of Classic Wrestling and the main event collector. He is the super callow to my Cyclope. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? What up? It's a really random-ass duo. (laughs) Yeah, I I think I gave you, and I don't know, I could be wrong, but I think I gave you the cooler of the two. Maybe. I don't know how to measure that, but sure. Yeah, right. Well, because, you know, Super Callow's mask always had, like, sunglasses on it and a backwards cap. So, uh, I don't know, maybe. And he dressed like the public enemy. Like, that's awesome. Oh, wow. Well, then. (laughs) <laughs> Changed my mind. Yeah, right. Uh, well, today... Anytime was, I hear he's dressed like the public enemy, oh, man, I'm game. Let's go. Damn straight. <laughs> but today, ladies and gents, uh, we're going back to the year 1997, which is one of my favorite years in all of pro wrestling. I think Greg would also agree that it's one of his favorite, correct? Correct. And I was at this event, so yeah, yeah. it started out nice. Yeah, and this yeah, this was in his neck of the woods in NorCal, and uh, it's one of them events that one of the two of us can at least say we were at. And Greg's been to quite a few events before we ever met, and since we we've uh, been friends and all that, so there are quite a few that he can say I've been there. And this was this was a good one, I think, to be there for. All of '97 was really good. Uh, were you a Piper fan at this time? Yes. Okay, but you were always a Hulkamaniac, so I'm sure you were happy oh, to yeah. see him and the well, NWO. I, oh, yeah, I was all Piper. Nice. Yeah, well, hey, he stayed for seven days and seven nights in Alcatraz, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, while the WWF had The Rock, he stayed on The Rock. So 
No. Hey, no. no. Um, but <laughs> wow, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> he wasn't the Rock yet. Though. No, yeah, he was just Rocky. Oh, he it was it was just a little Rocky. Okay, he was about to be the Rock though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is Super Brawl Seven from 1997. We're gonna get into the main event was. Hollywood Hogan versus Rowdy Roddy Piper for the WCW title. And lots to get into here. I don't want to spend too much time on this uh, open because there's a lot of news and notes to cover. The main event, Marks, is sponsored by Fanatics. Get all of your officially licensed sports gear with Fanatics at fanatics.com. Go ahead and click on that link down to the podcast description. And when you go to check out, let them know that the main event, Marks, and the Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports sent you. Also, we are sponsored by Swift Lifestyles. They're clean energy drinks and focus enhancers, great tasting vitamins and big brain nootropics. And they are made and shipped from right here in the U.S. of A. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code. It's Main Event Marks. All one word, no spaces. Main Event Marks for 15% off your order. Also, check out our Linktree account. That is where you can get all the links to all of our social media, our podcast links, YouTube, and our Swag Shacks, a.k.a. our Bonfire and Redbubble merchandise stores. Go to linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. That's linktr.ee forward slash main event marks to get everything you need for the show. Also, we are live yet again. You can listen to us on Burns every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on TikiLive.com forward slash channel forward slash Burns. Burns is the brand new Unhinged Sports Radio Network, and it stands for Belly Up Unhinged Radio Network Sports. We go live every single Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific on TikiLive.com forward slash channel forward slash Burns. That's Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on TikiLive.com forward slash channel forward slash B-U-R-N-S. On the other end of this break, we're going to get into the news and notes right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Get ready to rumble! In your new Main Event Marks merchandise, we've got t-shirts, hoodies, masks, hats, stickers, pins, and much more on our Redbubble store. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com. You can also pick up some awesome clothing items with the latest updated show graphics on our Bonfire store. That's bonfire.com slash store slash main event marks. Support your favorite retro wrestling podcast and pick up some cool swag on our Bonfire and Redbubble stores. That's maineventmarks.redbubble.com and bonfire.com slash store Slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino style games to choose from, you too could win life changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to chumbacasino.com and give them a whirl. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, 
the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hey gang, it's Commissioner Cooper of TSS Fantasy. We are the fantasy show of the people. Expert fantasy advice, free contests, leading expert medical and legal analysis, and most importantly, you. Interact with us on all social media platforms or check us out at tssfantasy.com. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Check out the fun today and be a part of the most interactive fantasy show around. TSS Fantasy, the fantasy show of the people. podcasts and on youtube find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks and we're back and we're back news and notes time from february of 1997 this is another one of those holy crap i forgot this took place at this time kind of situations oh these are always fun yeah oh yeah uh, Shawn Michaels vacated the WWF title due to a knee injury on Thursday. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm like trying to figure out what the hell you're going to say. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> yep. And uh, is said to be so bad, it could be career ending. Yeah. Only uh, guy in history to lose his title due to smile-related injuries. <laughs> right. Uh, Michaels appeared on a special Thursday night episode of Raw and cut a teary-eyed promo before vacating the belt just three days before the In Your House pay-per-view. Sean has since Thursday said Raw Thursday. <laughs> really? Yeah. That made no sense, but yeah. Uh, Sean has since said that he was pretty much nearing a mental breakdown at this point and just needed time off. Dr. James Andrews said that Michaels wouldn't require surgery at all and four to six weeks of rehab should be fine. However, Sean is now out of WrestleMania, and the plan is for him to appear as an announcer before returning to the ring full-time in the fall. Needless to say, this has thrown WrestleMania plans into chaos just one month before the show. With the title being vacated, the belt was held up at the In Your House pay-per-view, and Bret Hart won the title, only to lose it a day later to uh, to, uh, Sid on Raw. And now the plan is for Sid versus Undertaker to headline WrestleMania 13. And it Uh, did. Let's jump ahead, but I I think think it turned out to be very good. Oh, the whole show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Brett faced Austin in one of the most talked about matches of Steve Austin's career. So there you go. And people can, you know, because, I mean, they were, when I, I seen people commenting on the story and they're like, well, Brett, you know, drops a belt a day later, which, yeah, it does suck. But at the same time, they're like, well, he's out of the title picture at WrestleMania, what the F, and blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, but he faced Austin in a damn good match and oh no title therefore it meant nothing dude Duh. yeah right and on top of all of that Logic. I guess he was supposed to face a lot of people had a problem because they're like well he was supposed to face and, and I think I think Bruce Pritchard confirmed this he was supposed to face uh, Shawn Michaels again in a rematch from WrestleMania 12 and then the idea was that Shawn was going to lose this time and give Brett quote unquote his win back but that didn't happen i never understand that logic his win back 
Once you have a loss on your record, it's there, dude. Yeah. Let's like, well, if I get it. Like, they say that same stuff in MMA and in boxing. Oh, my win back. Okay, well, you're not going to get it back. You can get a win, but that loss is still there. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Well, it's like. I understand that, you know, they're like, well, you know, 50-50, you know, I do the, you do the job for me, I do the job for you and whatever, but it's like, I don't know. And and some people argued that they tried saying that they think Sean pulled this just to get out of having to do the job to Brett. I don't know, maybe. Maybe he did, huh? who knows. Yeah, I mean, he did uh, tell Brett Hart one time, because I, I think right before the screw job, well, one of the things that fired Brett up, was Brett told him, he's like, well, I'm going to drop the belt to you and whatever. And Sean was like, ah, thanks. But just so you know, I wouldn't do the same for you. And apparently that just pissed Brett off so bad. Screw your feelings. Yeah. Like, also, okay. whatever happened to just being happy with honesty? Yeah, it may have been a dick move, but isn't wasn't that honest? No credit for that? Well, <laughs> I was I was a huge Bret Hart fan, yeah. but let's face it, him and Sean were both immature buttheads. They may have went about it differently, but they were both very immature with a lot of thinking. I like, I did, uh, uh, like any interview you ever hear with Brett too. He always talks about like physicality. Oh, we would have gone to a fight. We would have done this. Like, so that's how you work. You go straight to the physicality. <laughs> yeah, right. That kind of turned me off too. I'm like, well, oh, dude, that's what kind of human you are. Okay. Uh, in his promo vacating the title, Sean talked about the knee injury as potentially career-ending and said that he needed to go home and find his smile because he lost it. Sean reportedly Boy, his told mom him. told him. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that makes it even better. Mommy told me I don't smile enough anymore, so I got to go home. <laughs> I can't play with you guys anymore. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't my ball, so I got to leave it here. <laughs> uh, Sean reportedly told WWF only the day before that he was taking time off and said that the doctor in San Antonio told him, told him that his uh, knee injury could be a career ender. WWF considered doing an angle with someone attacking his knee to write him off of TV, but instead chose to just do a promo and have him vacate the belt because they were concerned that if his knee really was hurt that badly, they could damage it further by filming an angle. After Brian Pillman spent a few weeks hobbling around the ring and getting involved in matches, only to re-aggravate his ankle injury, WWF was wary of the same thing happening to Sean. That being said, nobody's really buying the knee injury as a real story, it's believed Sean really does have a knee injury, but as stated, it's not as bad as the real story seems to be an emotional breakdown. I need to point out he was in the ring at King of the Ring 97 a couple months later, so that's a hell of a career knee injury to come back from. Was this the one that they played Don't, uh, Tell Me a Lie, or was that the first one where he, he vacated the IC title? I think it was the IC title. And that's, yeah, that's another one. That's pretty sad when you can sit there and be like, uh, which time was it that he vacated the title? <laughs> well, that he one went, was legit, though, to be fair. He went home to cry? Like, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Did he have, like, a legit concussion? Um, yeah, that was after he got the hell beat out of him by a few Marines, I guess. Because he got that big old shiner. Real Marines or Jesse Ventura? <sighs> wow. Now, he's a SEAL, damn it. <laughs> Whatever. They're all on the same but, lines. But... Yeah, so I don't know. A lot of people are, spec, you know, are suspect of this, which even Bruce Pritchard to this day said he's suspect. You know, he, he's suspicious. Well, the fact about that it. I just, like as you said, he was in the King of the Ring uh, pay per view a couple months later. Like if it was career threatening, that's the part that gets me. Was like career threatening. Anybody got a knee injury? Yeah, that happens. Whatever. 
but yeah. they said it was career threatening. Like, oh, and then he's back in the ring. Well, the way Bruce Pritchard was talking about it, he said, well, you know, he's telling us he may never wrestle again because of his knee injury and all this other stuff. And then when he gets out to the ring, he concentrates on, I lost my smile. I don't smile anymore. And he's like, who gives a shit? He was like, you, you have a knee injury. <laughs> he's like, if he's like, if, if you have a career ending knee injury, why do we care about your smile? Like, wh- which is it, dude? I don't know. And <laughs> he's like, that's what made us all suspicious. And then he said on top of that, uh, or, or well, not on top of that, but uh, something I, I heard various wrestlers say, it's like, dude, any wrestler can walk into any doctor's office at any time and get diagnosed with a bunch of stuff and get pills or be told that they'll never wrestle again or whatever. He's like, that's not hard to do. So I'm sure he got told by one doctor he may never wrestle again because he has a knee injury and he just took that and ran with it. <sighs> so, I mean, you got to think about it. They, their job is to get slammed around and jump off of things for a living. So, yeah, they're going to have mounting injuries that are going to affect them in various ways. So, and yet Edge is still wrestling to this day. I know, right? After he swore up one side and down the other, nope, it's incurable. There's no way I can ever wrestle ever again. I'm well, done that part, it. they probably did tell him. But yeah. Keep in mind, well, he's a decade ago, so there's advancements now. So. Well, cause I remember him going off on people because they were, like, not to be a dick. You know, he wasn't being a dick about it. But, like, um, you know, after Daniel Bryan came back and he was like, it's not the same situation. I have neck issues and that can never be fixed and blah, 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 blah. And then, boom. Like, wow, modern medicine, man, I'll tell you. Rocky Maivia, after being a pro wrestler for less than a year, we were just talking about him, uh, was given the Intercontinental title, and it backfired big time. There has been concern since he debuted. Yeah. There's been concern since he debuted that the WWF was pushing him too fast and that the crowd would reject him. And sure enough, even before he won the title, during the match, the crowd was chanting, Rocky sucks at him. Sounds so familiar. Yeah, right. Hey, Rocky sucks. Ah, oh, man, uh, that was that was actually the better of it because then they started chanting "Die, Rocky, die!" Like, <laughs> holy crap! I I don't yeah. know if it's true, but I heard that the very first uh, time that was chanted was in Philadelphia. I'm just putting that out there. Uh, That's all I'm gonna say. I don't doubt that for even a half a second. I will say, you know, because the whole thing is he got injured. And he came back, and then he was heel. He joined the Nation of Domination. And everybody's like, oh, okay, well, they're booing him, so you know now he's a heel with the Nation, whatever. I'm going to say, if this was today's WWE, he'd come back, and then they'd be like, well, he's got to be babyface because he came back from injury. So let's push him even harder. I don't know. When Seth came back, he wasn't. Seth, Seth kind of bounces around from face to heel. I think. I don't even know what the hell he is at the moment this recording, to be honest with you. <laughs> and yeah. I love it. So. Yeah, they there are some shades of gray that work out there. I think I think he's definitely one of them. But either way, uh, Ahmed Johnson is out with an infect an infection in his arm. A while back, Farouk hit Ahmed with a board in the uh, in their match, and the board splintered, and the splinters got into Ahmed's arm, causing some kind of infection. It eventually got so painful that he went to the hospital and ended up being hooked up to an IV, and uh, and he was there for five days. Well, Farouk legit hurt him twice. <laughs> right. Yeah, That's but, not a good look, dude. But. but Ahmed, no, he's the dangerous one in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's, it's funny because um, I'm 
pretty sure neither one of those things happened in like an actual match. Yeah, right. Like, at least between the two. He's like, can you quit having Farouk do a run in on me, please? Well, uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been. I think it was Charlie Haas was talking about that. The, the spine buster that fruit gives, he's like, damn near makes you crap your pants every time you hit because he slams you so damn hard. Such an effing man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he slams you down and yells, damn! More toy. Anyway. You know, we talked about the things that, uh, you know, 90s audiences yelled before. Well, on Raw, they had Goldust and Marlena cut a promo to emphasize that Goldust is not gay. And that his act is all just mind games. The reason was is this that before, was, sorry, was this before or after Jerry Lawler called him the keyword? Uh, might have been after. I think it was after. Well, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, but the reason is, ever since he turned babyface, he hasn't been getting cheered because crowds still think he's gay, and it's the '90s, so boo. <laughs> I remember, like so many TV shows, you know, like sitcom drama, whatever, in the '90s. Their excuse for, uh, like, oh, homosexuality, whatever. It's the 90s. And now yeah. this. Oh, it's okay. It's the 90s. Oh, yeah. Which, which one was it? Yeah. Uh, I like, uh, well, it, it was in sitcoms, it was usually used as a punchline. And then in, like, I like in wrestling where it's like, how do we make him a heel? I know. He likes men. Okay. Uh, whatever. But after the promo, Hunter Hearst Helmsley and his new female valet slash bodyguard, who would be named China, uh, came in and attacked Marlena. You remember this one? I believe that was at the final four pay-per-view. Ah, okay. I just, I, I remember back watching that. Triple H lost the Intercontinental title to Rocky. Mm-hmm. Kind of took all the steam out of that feud him and Goldust were having. Yeah. It became just like, a thing between them. Like, okay, I guess. Uh, like, why do they like me anymore? Well, I mean, isn't it obvious? Uh, the fake Razor and Diesel gimmicks have been dropped by the WWF, but they're still using the gimmicks for AAA in Mexico. Well, what that I mean, Diesel one's going to go on to do? Yeah, right. Well, you know, if you're going to have ripoff gimmicks, the best place to do that is Mexico, because they honestly do that crap all the time. Hmm. I mean, in their defense, I had no I idea. Guess, in their defense, I guess most of the people they rip off are, in, are under a mask, so you can't you you can't always tell. But uh, either way, Brian Pillman is still hoping to be back in the ring by April. His ankle recovery is finally making good progress. Don't think April? he would be. I know he was wrestling later on in the year because I mean, he passed I don't think away. It was April though. No, um, yeah, I don't know exactly when. I just know he him and Goldust were in a feud there during the fall. They passed away uh, before Bad Blood. Somehow, D-Love got involved, and that's that was the match that night, I think. Yeah. Uh, Vader was sent to the Duke Weight Loss Clinic, in the same place as Yokozuna was sent, and he's reportedly lost close to 40 pounds. I don't know if that stuck. Because according to Bruce Pritchard, they kept getting bad reports back that Yokozuna and Vader were hanging out together, and they would do everything right during the day, and then at night, when everybody was like not paying attention... They'd go out and get big buckets of KFC and eat it. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, that's like the worst thing you can eat. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's up there. Right there with McDonald's. Hey, just so everybody knows, I'm only eating the skins, so the chicken's up for grabs still. Good lord. 
I'm sorry. We got to throw in at least one or two per episode. <laughs> a former NFL player, Darren Drozdov, is being trained by WWF's Tom Pritchard and will probably be brought in sometime in the future. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. Look, it sucks that he's in a wheelchair. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. That, because his thing was puke. <laughs> Knowing what's coming. <laughs> yep. I mean, everybody can see it on behind the or beyond the mat. There's a, hey, he's got a puke. He's got a puke. Like, what the hell? That whole thing was classic. I remember the first time I watched that, I was like, what the hell is Vince doing? Either way, uh, the ECW slash WWF working relationship is back on. Well, it never really stopped as the two sides have been working together behind the scenes for a while now. This time, a plan is for ECW wrestlers to invade Raw next week, although they may not be coming in as heels this time. Or, uh, instead, it may be more of a relationship like the AAA deal, where they simply work alongside the WWF and have their talent work WWF shows. Uh, all of a sudden... Yeah, they got around them not being heels by having them with Jerry Lawler, I believe. Yeah. Uh, all of this is to help promote ECW's first pay-per-view in April, which will surely help them do a good uh, good enough buy rate for the show to be a success. This week, Jerry Lawler cut an anti-ECW promo on the show during a phone call with Paul Heyman, which basically was done to set up ECW's invasion as an ECW versus Lawler deal. It's actually fortunate that all of the ECW talent will be on Raw next week because most of the WWF crew will be on a tour of Europe, so they're running a skeleton crew. They need as many warm bodies as they can to fill a two-hour show. Oh, yeah, I remember this. Wasn't this the one where they had like the debate in the middle of the ring on the podium and all that? I don't remember. Is this the same one or is it a different one? Where Sabu like falls off the Raw sign. Uh, that was that was way before. Yeah. Oh, that was a different time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know how many times they had these guys on um, on the show. So, uh, But speaking of ECW, pay-per-view channel Viewer's Choice was quoted in a news story saying that they would be willing to carry future ECW pay-per-views as long as ECW fixes the issues that they had uh, problems with before. Viewer's Choice declined to carry the upcoming Barely Legal show because they had concerns over the angle with Raven and Sandman's son, but that angle has pretty much been dropped. So if Barely Legal does a good buy rate on Request TV, then Viewer's Choice will likely be carrying future shows. Uh, going off the rise and fall of ECW documentary, wasn't it the Mass Transit incident that heard it too? Mm, I don't know. I, I would assume if they're carving up minors on their show. Uh, I mean, if Viewer's Choice had an issue with, the with you know, Sandman's son getting involved in a storyline, probably had an issue with that. I'll just say. All you said was, Dad, you're drunk. I wish a raven. I don't understand why that's a big deal. <laughs> um, I mean, that first part, was he wrong? No. Yeah, something. It's kind of redundant to say, though. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. wrong. Wait, what, the, the Sandman drunk? What, are you going to tell me next that the that fish drink water? <laughs> I don't believe you. Like, moving on to WCW here. WCW and TBS have decided to begin airing another live two-hour primetime wrestling show sometime in the near future. All the decisions haven't been finalized yet, but it will likely be a Thursday night show. TBS would largely fund the show, so it would guarantee a massive influx of new money into WCW without them having to fund it out of their own budget. Okay. What's going to be? Yeah, right. A couple things here on this. Obviously, this is Thunder. 
uh, you know, for anybody out there that really doesn't know anything about it. Uh, but going off of Bischoff's podcast, he said he didn't get to choose the names of the shows. He was told, hey, uh, your Monday show is going to be called Nitro. Your Thursday show, Thunder. There was no debate. There was no, hey, how about this? How about that? Nope. Nitro and Thunder, period. So that he said that was decided like instantly what it was going to be called. I don't know why. Well, the Nitro thing had to do with because they already had a Monday Nitro on TNT. It was a movie block. Right. So that one made sense. The Thunder thing, I don't know where that came from. Maybe they thought TBS Thunder sounded good. I, I don't know. But either way, uh, that's the first. Thunder thing. in Paradise was a thing. Maybe they stole from that, too. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, but the other thing about this, when it says TBS would largely fund the show and it would be a massive influx of new money into WCW, WCW wrong. Eric Bischoff said they didn't fund anything. They had to work off the same budget they've always had and figure it out, which which is what frustrated him. He said, we have the same amount of funding, but you want us to put on another two hour show weekly. So and we're very close to Nitro becoming three hours too, at this point. Yeah. So the only advantage that they had was that they could use some crew from TBS and TNT. But according to Tony Schiavone, and I I think Eric Bischoff mentioned this as well, but Tony definitely talked about it. He said their crews didn't know anything about wrestling. They all had to be trained and they only got so much of the crew. They didn't they didn't have like, you know, unlimited resources for the companies. So either way, uh, what are you calling the. TBS and Turner Kicks liars? I'm calling Uncle Dave a liar because he reported this crap. Can well, we just talk about redundancy? Yeah, well, Uncle Dave, liar, whatever. You know, it, it, same, same. <laughs> Either way, Ted Turner is expected to appear on the March 3rd episode of Nitro in an angle where he fires Eric Bischoff. plan was supposed to be kept a secret, but pretty much everybody already knows in fact, Mark Madden revealed it on the WCW hotline, which upset several people within WCW. When the WWF found out, they managed to get the story planted in the New York Daily News, saying that Turner is frustrated because he's unable to overtake Vince McMahon in house show attendance and pay-per-view buys and is getting desperate enough to start appearing on pro wrestling shows. Yeah, that never happens. Yeah. So I think that becomes stupid. Dr. Harvey Schiller, right? Uh, I don't know. Oh, that's Perhaps? who appears and that's who appears and suspends him. Oh, Doesn't get okay. fired either. Okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, I I remember now. Yeah. Uh, what was that? What was that right before? He said, we you... can't fire you. He said, you can't fire me. I had a contract. He goes, no, we can't. We can suspend you. That was the whole thing. And didn't he? Was that where he demoted him to the commentary, or is that a different? Or no, that's that like a completely different one, but okay. um, the so same premise though. Times. Yeah. I remember now, yeah. And that was the Finger Poke at Doom show where he reveals that he's actually still working stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I remember that now. Sorry, I know. Well, this, what, what's funny about that is, you know, WWF plants that story and they're like, well, Ted Turner's getting desperate enough to appear on pro wrestling shows. And it's like, and then, you know, just... Um, not even, what about a year later, their biggest heel becomes the owner of WWF. Imagine that. It works. I mean, people can make the argument, well, he was already on the shows. Like, yeah, but he wasn't technically a character. 
And I'm not saying they were wrong for doing it either. I'm just pointing out, you know, that they're like, I, oh, well, yeah, also point out that Vince knows wrestling and Ted Turner really didn't that much. Yeah, he, he knew wrestling. <laughs> yeah, according to everybody like that worked with him, they said he was a nice guy and everything, but they said he never he clearly never watched an episode of Nitro ever. Unless, you know, he had friends with him that, and he wanted to show off. It's like, look at my wrestling company. You want free tickets? <laughs> uh, Shawn Michaels reportedly asked Scott Hall about coming to WCW. Michaels is under a long-term contract with the WWF, so it's highly unlikely he'll be getting out of that deal easily. So don't look for Shawn in WCW anytime soon. Yeah, that didn't Wasn't happen. that all debunked to be bullshit? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I Did he say that was bullcrap? I don't remember. I feel like Bischoff said it on his pod. Yeah, don't he might have. Quote me on I, that. I know. I think Sean at one point said he was thinking about it, but he never actually reached out to anybody because he it was basically, you know, he missed his friends kind of thing, you know. And he oh, was, man, was that's working wonders nowadays, too, as we speak. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of people. Jump. Somebody pointed out to me, by the way, because I, I we were talking about the whole Walter being Gunther thing now and. They put it out. They're like, yeah, Gunther sucks. But they're like, I mean, his name was Walter. Isn't it kind of like a lateral move? Like, yeah, a bit. Yeah, ish. On that note, I heard today they abandoned that trademark. So it may not even be happening. So, <laughs> yeah, may, well, they might still go with Gunther, maybe, but not Gunther. What was it? Gunther Stark or whatever the hell. I don't know. Was it some Nazi name or something? Yeah, it was like a, U- a Nazi U-boat captain from World War II. Like. Well, not to defend him or anything, but I'm pretty sure they didn't pick this name because, like, oh, it's great, it's a Nazi name. I believe it probably was an accident. Oh, I'm sure. I, I'm sure it was. I'm not saying they intentionally did that, but I mean, then again, they didn't intentionally name that stable the soror- the submission sorority. You know, naming it after a porn site. <laughs> you remember I still that? Laughed at, I I I remember you telling me. I still laughed that that was a thing. Like. Okay, so who found this out? Like, what pervert knew this? (laughs) Well, apparently they found out because the website actually tagged them on Twitter and was like, hey, WWE, thanks for the publicity. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) Yeah, so yikes. Either way. uh, But the the thing I was thinking of, because we were talking about names – and he had pointed out, I didn't even think about this, but he's like, well, you know, they're going to go back to everybody has a fake name because they're like, look at all the ones they allowed to keep their name there for a while. Most of them left to go to AEW and kept their name. Like, yeah, yeah I I can see that. I get it. And Vince hates seeing his his names of you know anybody who was in his company. He hates seeing that in another company, which I get it. So whatever. I don't really care as long as uh, I would like to see. Walter get called up soon or whatever the hell he's going to be called. He literally just got the NXT, so it's not going to be time soon. Uh, I figured they would have counted time in uh, NXT UK. But Oh, hell no. That's <laughs> like the bottom now because Kaylee Ray's just got put on NXT. I noticed that, yeah. Tony Storm stayed there forever, too. It's the training ground of the training ground, so there you Pretty go. Much. For anybody with an accent, yes. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It, uh, NXT UK. Let's throw the Austrian and the Australian over there because <laughs> they talk funny. I can buy the Austrian. The Australian? Yeah, it's like, uh, you sound similar, right? Yeah, whatever. Get over there. 
the fact that it's a whole different continent, yeah, we don't need Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll play whatever. semantics. Okay. Look, I did some research, okay, and the reason you talk this way is because the the England made you, your country their uh, their prison colony, okay? So uh, either way, you belong. Good God. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying that to be offensive. That was real. It's a real story. If anybody it started off as a prison colony, history lessons. See, you learn things here on the on the podcast. It's not just about wrestling. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, at a recent Clemson versus Wake Forest NCAA basketball game, Ric Flair was the honorary oh, that coach. The <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Ric Flair was the honorary coach of Wake Forest. The game got a ton of mainstream attention, and Wake Forest star Tim Dunk uh, Tim Duncan attended Nitro and hung out Whoa. with Flair and other stars. What's he ever going to go on to do? <laughs> <laughs> Don't remind me. Uh, Don't Flair. remind me. <laughs> Flair also filmed a skit for the game with Dick Vitale. It's the nature boy, baby. By the way, did he is did he kick out? I know he was sick there for a while. Yeah, he's did he back pa- doing games now. Ah, good. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. The guy's never gonna stop. I mean, it's a good thing, but he's never gonna stop. I I know, right? Uh, I hey, I I was worried there for a while. I was like, man, because he looked like he was gonna kick the bucket and i'm like man it sucks you know I, it sucks to see anybody die you know but it's like he's uh he's been an icon in college sports forever so but moving on to something a little less depressing but it kind of depends on your scale here okay. a guy named ernest miller debuted for wcw at the latest saturday night tapings uncle dave said that he's a former new england patriots football player and this is because he was in the the training camp and never made the actual team. Uh, and he'll be doing things with Glacier. Did he? Oh, yeah. Glacier? He did. Yeah. That was his day. That was, that was my introduction to him. Actually. I didn't even know he debuted beforehand, but yeah. I like how his whole thing is. He's like a, a legit black belt mar- martial artist and whatever. And apparently he's damn good. And uncle Dave is like, Oh, he played on the practice squad for the new England Patriots. Like, Okay. By the way, this is back. It sounds when like Patriots. some Jim Ross stats. <laughs> I know. And this is back when the Patriots didn't mean anything. All right, so we're very close to kicking that. Yeah, ah, very close. A couple, close. Of years. I, a couple of years. Yeah, right. Uh, speaking of Glacier, everyone in the company pretty much agrees that the gimmick is a flop, but they spent a lot of money on it, and it's Bischoff's brainchild, so the character isn't going any way, or going away anytime soon. Garrett Bischoff's brainchild. <laughs> Bye, yeah, kinda. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who would have known? Oh, God. If anyone doesn't know, real quick, it was, I, apparently, I don't know if it's true, the story goes that Eric saw Garrett playing Mortal Kombat one day and got the idea. Pretty and sure he, he confirmed that on the podcast, didn't he? Yeah. He might have. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, God, it, this was, well, hey, man, they made. Um, they, no, they the made, entrance is one of the coolest ever, by the way. I'll fight anyone on that all day. Then that damn bell I'd ring. <laughs> yeah, right. <sighs> but yeah, so that's uh that's Glacier. And and hey, hey, uh, a friend of ours sent me a pic of was it a, a trading card or something? It was him versus Dink. <laughs> how often are you gonna see that? I, I don't know this for sure, but I I have to feel like that was the event that we always talk about, like that they were there together. Yeah, right. I don't know that for a fact, but I have to believe that it is because 
not to make that guy right, but he's probably right. When the hell else would you see those two together? So it has to be right. <laughs> yeah, right. Good lord. Speaking of that, real quick, not to be off topic, did anyone else see Matt Cardona purchase the only Dink toy ever made? Like it was like a, I guess it was like a uh, prototype of a old Bendem. Matt wow. Cardona paid twelve grand for it. Why? Oh man. If you've got that kind of money to throw around, you're loaded. He's the Michael Jordan for wrestling figure collecting. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, New Japan has been in serious negotiations with Ken Shamrock for the last week to set up a match with Shamrock challenging Shinya Hashimoto for the IWGP title at the Tokyo Dome. Shamrock is still under contract with Pankrace for four more fights, but it's thought that New Japan may have offered to buy out his contract. Yeah, so... I didn't read ahead again. How's that going to go? Yeah, right. I didn't read ahead, but uh, the spoiler for the or a, like a teaser for this one said, uh, read next week's issue. Everything changes. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. So uh, spoiler. He's uh, he's not sticking around in Japan. He's going to New York. But speaking of Japan, hey, the best idea you had. Yeah, right. If only he stuck with it. <laughs> Uh, but speaking of Japan, the NWO angle in New Japan Pro Wrestling seems to be getting out pretty or getting over pretty well with every show for the last week sold out with Scott Norton, Marcus Bagwell and Masahiro Chono headlining. Masa, my hero, Chono. Well, because, you know, Greg, when I think of the three NWO guys, that's the three that come to my mind. <laughs> and was, you didn't say and, Vincent, but, you know, you would be there. It would be four for me. Yes. Oh, well, yeah, that that should have been the foursome going into the Hall of Fame. But NWO merchandise is also selling like crazy in New Japan, even more than they do in WCW. Dude, it's yeah. crazy. 2022. And I just heard because uh, I own like five shares of WWE stocks. They send me the emails and stuff. The NWO shirt was like the number two or three selling all year on shop. Wow. That's that nuts. is insane. Yep. And they just went into the Hall of Fame, what, last year? Yeah, I mean, that obviously has something to do with it, but come on, dude, really? Like, yeah. That's insane. Oh, I know. But yeah, they went to the Hall of Fame last year. They're going to be in a video game this year. Like, 20, what, six years removed from being creative? Yeah, it's it's freaking nuts, man. It's old, a, uh, argument about things standing the test of time. Well, I dare you to find something in wrestling that stands it better than NWO. I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's something I, I'm sure the, the Austin 316 shirt probably still sells, but I think uh, that was in the top three or five or top five as well. Go figure. So, so was Cena and so was Roman. <laughs> I think Alexa Bliss's doll was like in the top ten. It's insane. Some of the Good. stuff they're talking about. Wow. That's nuts, man. But yeah, so that does it for the news and notes, man. You ready to get into the event? Hell yeah. All right, well, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, it's WCW Super Brawl 7. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. This message is brought to you by Belly Up Sports. No, just kidding. This is not an NWO promo. This is just me, Kyle Sullivan, a.k.a. Shaggy Von Doom the host of Here in Puckburg on the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. I have a hockey podcast where we talk about hockey fandom, 
and the love of the game and where that leads you in this, this game we call life. Why am I on Main Event Marks telling you about this? Well, what if I told you I had one half of the world's greatest tag team, otherwise known as the Main Event Marks, the one and only Greg, Superfly Greg. He was on, and he was talking about his love of the game. So you might want to come over and check that episode out. And if you like what you hear, you can check out the rest of our incredible episodes with our incredible hockey community from PHF athletes, ESPN personalities, fathers of NHL players, and a whole lot more. Come by, follow the show, give a like, give a subscribe, and it'd be great to have you here in Puckburg. But enough about me. Let's get back to what you're really here for, the main event marks, because they are the cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. When it comes to service, Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventive maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your truck repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that fit your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with Rush Truck Center Service Department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your nearest location. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. And we're back. This one is WGW Super Brawl 7. Took place February 23rd, 1997. The uh, tagline, the big one will hit San Fran when the big boys play. Get ready for the rumble. There's what? like three ripoffs in there. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the hell is this tagline, dude? Either Ready way, for the rumble. Yeah, right. Hmm. What else took What else took place about a month before this that they could possibly be referencing? I I, I don't even think it was a month. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, the venue was the Cow Palace in San Francisco, California. Attendance, 13,324, and the pay-per-view buy rate was 0.75, which amounted to 275,000 buys on pay-per-view. Well, you know the size of that arena, I'm going to assume it was a sellout. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, you know who else lived in the area and was at the show, Greg? Shut up. Uncle Dave was there live. You could have peed next to him there and didn't even realize it. But Back then, he probably had that sweet mullet, so I wouldn't hate him then. (laughs) Yeah, you can't hear what you just like looked over at him and like, <laughs> look at that mullet. <laughs> oh, it's all kinds of roll tide. Yeah, it's like, man, can you even hear me out over all that party in the back? <laughs> <laughs> but oh, but man. he said this was probably the most anticipated wrestling show in the area for the past 25 years. It was sold out two weeks in advance, and if they had booked a larger building, it would have likely set an all-time gate record for WCW. As it is, it ended up being the third highest ever. 
They also did the second biggest night of merch sales ever. So you know where I got story. my tickets for this event, by the way? You may not believe oh. it. Here's a, here's oh. a throwback. I got uh, my tickets for this event at Tower Records. At what records? You never heard of Tower Records? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have those in this area, but I've heard of it. Wow. Got my tickets there. Was like any more 90s than that, man? <laughs> yeah, right. That's like when I hear a reference to like Sam Goody or something. <laughs> uh, if nobody knows what we're talking about, Google it. We start the show oh, with Roddy Piper. <laughs> we start the show with Roddy Piper being let out of Alcatraz in his kilt and T-shirt. His T-shirt's all ripped up, by the way, because you know he, he was there alone. So clearly he was getting into fights. I, I don't know. <laughs> but he, he's acting. I like didn't freak. even piece that together. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> but he's acting like a freaking madman as he runs to a boat waiting for him, and he. Uh, I, I gotta. I gotta point this out. He's like walking out, and then like there are cops there, security, whatever. One of them puts his hand on on Piper's shoulder, and he grabs him, and he's like, "I know my way." <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then he like runs out of the prison, like shouting like a weirdo. And then he jumps into a boat waiting for him on shore, and he goes to the front of the boat, and he's like holding his kilt down because the wind's blowing, and he's yelling, "I'm coming! I'm coming!" While the boat's just sitting there. This is just a weird visual all, all the way around, man. I feel like I remember them on Nitro showing it too. Like, you know, he was there for like the week or whatever. Yeah, they were probably. Did someone say he legitimately did that? I don't know. That would have been freaking weird if he did, but I, I don't know. I thought Benedict Cumberbatch did freaking method acting. Holy crap, he got nothing on Piper. <laughs> right. Uh, we then get a clip of Six stealing the cruiserweight title from Dean Malenko, and then he tried to steal the U.S. title from Eddie Guerrero, but Eddie stopped him. So he just stole the cruiserweight title. This next match. Uh, I'm is... glad he got the important one. Oh, well, of course. This is the one that matters, Greg. <laughs> but this is, uh, this is Dean Malenko defending the WCW cruiserweight title against Six in about 12 minutes. Malenko comes in like a house of fire, breaking his own pins multiple times to beat up on Six even more. Eddie Guerrero ends up running down to stop Six from using the Cruiserweight title as a weapon. They play tug-of-war with it, and the referee is distracted by Eddie when uh, Six rips the belt away and blasts Malenko in the face. He then pins Dean for the Oh, god dang it, pal. But he pins Dean for the win. I'm going to tell you right now, I did not rate everything as high as Uncle Dave did on the show. He gave this three and a quarter stars. I gave it two and a half. I thought for these guys, this is average. What say you? I gave it two. I was like, yeah, it could have been better. Definitely wasn't yeah. bad. Nah, it didn't suck. It just, it was okay. I don't know. The latter match the previous month was better with six and Eddie Guerrero. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the only shining light on that turd of a show. If nobody knows what we're talking about, we're talking about sold out. At Which is confirmed to be an arena in 2K22. Uh, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, only for next gen. Only for, I guess, current gen, whatever. Yeah, I, I still throw have... that next gen crap in there. It's, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense whatsoever. Next whatever. gen, whatever's coming in seven or eight years. You know what I mean. No, I don't. Current gen, whatever. I guess I have last gen. Stupid. But it's it's only for Xbox Series whatever and then uh, PlayStation 5. 
I still have Xbox One and uh, PS4. Anyway, next up, we got a six-man tag team match. It is Conan, Viano 4, and La Parca taking on Juventud Guerrera, Super Calo, and Ciclope. This one went just shy of 10 minutes. This was just a car crash match that put the luchadors on pay-per-view. There was uh, no I story. I get the Mexicans on. Throw them all in one match. <laughs> right. Uh, well, there was no story it was to it. It's a legit talent moves. match, too. It's like, man, they could have yeah. had a couple of good matches out of these guys. Park is great. I He's one of those guys that, yeah, he's over, very overweight now. But he's doing, like, in the last few years, he's done some great stuff. You're and damn right he's over. Wow. And his two sons are really good. So, uh, Viano 4 is pretty decent. He's the original chairman before, you know, Sean Spears goes rips him off. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, Conan's good. Sequel pay, I, I haven't seen enough of him. Uh, Hooventude is great. Uh, Super Callow Best is actually... Best wrestler in the world? Good lord. Uh, Super Callow's pretty damn good. So, I, I don't know. Yeah, it was just moves, though. In the end, Conan hit a Splash Mountain on Juventud Carrera for the pinfall win. I don't know why the Splash Mountain seemed like the go-to winning move for every luchador in WCW. But Uncle Dave gave it three and three-quarter stars. Damn near four stars for this one, man. <laughs> I gave it two. What say you? Uh, talk about being there and like just living in the moment too much, but I gave it two as well. Right. Yeah, because it, it just I, I was like... I, I'm certain 12-year-old me loved this and probably would have said five stars or whatever, but yeah, watching right. it back, I don't remember what I, this was too far back for me to remember what I, what I felt at the moment. Well, and I'm not saying this was bad. It was like, like you say, it was, it was fine wrestling. It was a good luchador match and it had some good talent in it. But why should I care? That's my question. See what Eric Bischoff's podcast does to you? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Give me Where a reason to care. Sticks, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> Bro, the Mexican, bro. Nobody cares. I thought he said that about Japanese guys. Uh, he's, I'm sure he said that about all of them. Anybody? Be fair, I've never heard that. Bro, he's wearing a mask. How can I relate to that, bro? Well, that he did. Put one on. Uh, speaking of why should I care, up next, it's Prince Ayakea defending the world Hell television title. Yes. Against Rey Mysterio Jr., Lord Steven Regal comes out at one point, and behind the referee's back, he yanks Mysterio's leg out from under him on the apron, causing him to hit his face on the apron. He then rolls him in, and Ayakea pins him for the win. Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. Again, I gave it two. Ayakea sucks. What say you? I gave it two. I disagree. I don't think he sucks, but I just, you know, I don't think he was as great as they wanted him to be or thought he was. (laughs) Okay. okay. Oh, I, let me rephrase. I don't think he sucked. There's a difference between sucking and just being boring and not making me give a crap about you. He's the latter. I, I go I just... right back to our chairman discussion a minute ago with Sean Spears. Mm-hmm. Um, going off of what I saw on AEW, I don't uh, – at the seconds. time of this recording, I should say. Uh, I just don't care about him, but I know he's pretty damn good. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yep, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I know. It's possible to possibly be good and suck, as weird as that sounds. Well, the sad thing is with that, not to get off on a tangent, but the sad thing is, like, they're proving all the, the naysayers right as soon as he left, where it's like all the pro-WWE, anti-AEW people, they're like, why should I give a crap about the 10 guy? Like, well, there you go. Uh, well, there, he's still 10 guy. He's still 10 seconds. 
<laughs> wow. Hey, maybe that's his, maybe that's uh, you know going to lead to something, man. You, there you go. You're, you I know. Wonder, I wonder how his wife feels about me in the ten seconds. Anyways, oh, she's on. ten. <laughs> anyway, uh, when Rey Mysterio explains to the referee what happened, Ayakea seems upset about Regal's interference, hands the belt to Mysterio, and holds his hand up in victory. I like how Tony Schiavone has to point out, well, none of this is, is real, so he's still the champion. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. I, I, I mean, here you're saying, but I went the opposite direction. I'm like, I like Tony Schiavone saying that. I think yeah. it needs to be said. So I, in that respect, I said that was awesome. I love that he did that. I mean, yeah, I get because <laughs> it would have been confusing, especially with, yeah, the way WCW did things. For all we know, he could have been surrendering the belt to him. So uh, I guess the reason now, for this, I, by I, the way, some, some people may not get this. You might not even. But currently the UFC, I think it's the bantamweight champion. He won the title via uh, disqualification from a nut shot. Had he taken his belt that he had, quote, won and just handed it back to Petrion, I probably would have respect for him, just like IAK did here. I'm just saying, in some respects, it could work. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> well, uh, apparently the reason for all of this, by the way, is Regal had been cost the TV title against Ayakea by Rey Mysterio on Nitro. So now Regal is trying to get back at Mysterio. After, though, and as we pointed out, after IAK had won it cleanly. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Good He Lord. just won it cleanly on Nitro and shocked the hell out of everybody. I remember mm-hmm. watching, wow, that guy's the champ now? Yeah. Like his, his, push came from like, his push came out of like nowhere, dude. Yeah. I like how Conrad Thompson just rails against him. He was like, why did you make me watch him? <laughs> I like how he tries. In, I'm, I, I don't know if he's joking or not. But he goes, did you guys do this because, you know, Rocky, and he looked kind of like him over there. But, like, I don't think that had anything to do with him whatsoever. There's no, no way in hell. No, because Rocky because wasn't getting over. So. I'm pretty sure I can't win a title before he did, too. Yeah. Well, like I said, why why would you try to copy a gimmick that's not getting over? Like, I don't I mean, like, is it because it's uh, somewhat Polynesian? I, I, yeah, right. I think you're digging for stuff with that, dude. It's Sonny Siaki. That one was plain as day. Plain this as one. hell, yes. Although, genetics-wise, you know, I mean, that's God's doing, making him look like that. So, right. fair. That's not... Um, but, you know, the way they try to make him like The Rock, yeah, that was on them. Right. Uh, uh, backstage, Mean Gene Okerlund is standing by with the giant. Uh, he tells God. the giant that... <laughs> what? I just thought you said that. <laughs> he tells the giant that the outsiders are all about psych- uh, psychological warfare. The giant says that he knows this, but tonight he's going to be in total control of himself tonight, and he's going to walk out with both of the tag team titles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what was the deal with this, by the way? Because they kept talking about his his tag team partner was Lex Luger, but he was banned from the building for reasons. Okay, I I forgot. I was trying to, I wrote down my notes to go and look it up and then put it in here. Uh, I forget why, but yeah, it was, it was a whole thing. And... But up next is Buff Bagwell versus Diamond Dallas Page. This one went for nine minutes, 46 seconds. When Bagwell gets rough with the referee, the ref backs him down in the corner and chews him out. 
Oh, man. Uh, in the end, Bagwell tries for a hangman's neckbreaker, but DDP reverses it into a diamond cutter. I, it, it's hard to argue with Conrad Thompson when he says this is one of the most over moves in all of wrestling. May have been the most over move. For about a couple more months, yes. It was – well, and even even after Austin got big with the stunner and everything, it was right up there, I'd say, because it got the same reactions in WCW that the stunner was getting in WWF. So I don't know. I, I think it was the closest yeah, thing. Yeah, I had. mean, yeah, and I think it probably would have been even bigger. I, I, I'll even later say it would have stayed ahead of the stunner if they had made Paige a main guy. Not yeah, just the right. perennial upper – very close to main event, upper mid card guy. Yep, and I feel mm-hmm. like he did get held. I mean, because even when you hear Bischoff talking about it, I feel like he got kind of held back because of Bischoff being afraid of favoritism because they were friends in real life. He's like, well, I don't want to push him. I mean, that's my one, friend. That's that. That is one thing to look at. But then, like, but he was actually good. It's not like he was going to push crap. I know. know. Like when people say that, that I'm like, well, I look at the other side of the coin. Page is so I damn know. good and reliable. That's right. Nobody ever, nobody ever once said, "Oh, Page isn't reliable," and everybody liked him. Like freaking Macho Man endorsed him. Like damn. I think the diamond could be nice. Yeah, right. Uh, VK Wall Street six and Nick Patrick then all rushed to the ring. Mother of God. That's DDP. a real trio right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what the hell is Nick Patrick gonna do? Like seriously. Holy crap! I'm sorry. Just like that. That that list of guys right there, man. Who's and who? They, and they <laughs> represented the NWO. Yeah. This was only DDP, just the NWO, not some stupid spinoff either. So this is the legit team. <laughs> by the way, this was I was today years old when I found out Six came out to the Jobber theme for the. NWO. I believe he debuted it. Really? He did, yeah. Because first wow. time I heard he came out to it. Yikes. I believe, and don't hold me to this, but I believe it debuted at Sold Out. Yikes. Yeah, well, yeah, I, would, I wouldn't doubt it because they don't want to play the same song all night. But either way, that trio rushes the ring. DDP takes off through the crowd, and the referee dis- declares it a DQ win for Paige. There you go. Uncle Dave gave this two and three quarters of a star. So damn near three stars. I, again, gave it two stars. What say you? Wow, I gave it one not to go back on everything I just said, but this match sucked. It wasn't great. Now, to be fair, I think it was meant to be crap. I don't necessarily agree if that ever happens, but I think it was meant to be crap because of the way it yeah. ended. Like, it had no... It didn't no, have an end. It had no, yeah, it had no ending, yeah. So, like, maybe it was not meant to be a good match, so I'll give it that. Yeah, no clue. I just... It sucks. Okay, it this is, is probably is. the dud of the year for DDP, which is, you know, whatever, because he's got great stuff coming up. Damn right he does. He's about to headline a pay-per-view in two months, so he's fine. Well, speaking of uh, great stuff coming up, now we got Eddie Guerrero defending the United States title against Lionheart Chris Jericho in about 12 minutes. The pre-match for this one. <laughs> well, the pre-match graphic for this says it's for the television title. Good Lord. In the end, uh, and that pre match graphic, too, by the way. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Some money was spent there. Yeah, I like how I, I sent pictures of that to a friend of ours, and he said, Yep, and today we get a screaming Roman Reigns superimposed on the screen. <laughs> that's augmented reality. That's all. I love that. I think it's badass. But then you look at this, I'm like, 
they uh, debuted that stuff at the WrestleMania we were at, and you and I were looking like, what the hell is that? Yeah, we're like, we're, yeah, I think it was specifically Oscar's entrance, right? Didn't, we, didn't that catch us? I feel like it was um, her mask. Uh, it was either that or the New Day with the pancakes. I can't remember. But, yeah, I was like, what the hell? For people, by the way, who haven't been to a show since they started doing this, you obviously don't see it. But you see it on the screen. Yeah, so you, so that, think you're, you think it's somewhere uh, in the arena, <laughs> but it's not. <laughs> right, but, yeah. to their credit, though, if, like, if, you know, it had me thinking, where, where the hell is it? So it was pretty damn um, uh, believable. Yeah, I know. I, we thought something had lowered or whatever, but <laughs> I don't know. But either way, uh, in the end of this one, Eddie Guerrero hits a tilt-a-whirl sunset flip for the win. Uncle Dave said, quote, the crowd chanted boring during this match, and fans went to the concession stands in droves during it. I did not. I can tell you when I went to a show, well, especially back then, I wanted to see every damn thing. Yeah, so do I. I, I mean, unless I really have to go, I'm holding it. This, like, why would well, you I, do I, this I've hung out with you multiple times. You always have to go. Yeah, at least once, but I try to do it during a match <laughs> that's like, eh, who cares about this? But... Uncle Dave gave this three and a quarter stars. I just gave it three. What say you? I gave it two, only because I know I've seen better between these pure, two. I should say. Pure wrestling wise, this may have been the best match on the show for me. So I don't know. I, I really like every time these guys get together. So this is no different for me. But after the match, Jericho ha- uh, hands Guerrero the U.S. title and they shake hands. So both of them are baby faces at this time. Uh, next up, Jericho we got, is the epitome of white meat baby face at this time, too. Oh, yeah. Posing with the crowd and come on, baby, and all that good stuff. Yep. But up next, we have a triple threat tag team match between the Faces of Fear, Mang and Barbarian, the Public Enemy, Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge, and the Harlem Heat, Booker T and Stevie F and Ray, with Sister Sherry in their corner. This one went just shy of eight minutes. Rocco Rock is bald. And I am shocked. <laughs> I thought he always had hair. Uh, I remember him bald, so. I, I, mean, remember I remember him with the dreadlocks. Too, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I was like, whoa, okay. But there was some fun stuff in this match, but it was just okay. Rocco tries a front flip off the top and gets caught in midair by the Barbarian because he's such an effing man. Uh, Grunge hits a crossbody oh. off the uh, Grunge hits a, t- a crossbody off the top on a Barbarian and drapes Rocco on top of him for the pinfall win. Uncle Dave gave this a star and a half. I give it dose for slightly below average. What say you? Gave it one. This sucked. <laughs> you hate two out of three of these teams, so. I know. I mean, I don't like the public enemy. They had to carry the whole match. <laughs> You're right. Wow. <sighs> but up next, we've got. Steve Mongo McMichael with King Queen Deborah in his corner, taking on Jeff Jarrett. This one wins well, eight finally, minutes, 12 the seconds. pay-per-view picks up. Oh, man. Oh, hell yeah, man. I like how the commentary was confused about this one, by the way, because they were like, so what happens if Jarrett wins? Is he in the Four Horsemen? Like, what's going on? Well, that was the thing for every Jarrett match before he was, I don't know if he was ever officially in it. Yeah, it was, this whole storyline was weird. And they never explain anything. He just kind of hung around, like, whatever. 
But this one went eight minutes, 12 seconds. The ref gets bumped. Deborah gets on the apron. Bongo tells her to get down, and he pulls her hair for some reason. She screams and then throws the Halliburton over Mongo's head to Jeff Jarrett, who blasts Mongo in the head with it and pins him for the win. So no guitars in this one, just Halliburtons. Uncle Dave gave it a star and three quarters. I gave it dose. What say you? God, you guys gave away too much. You were one star. (laughs) Wow. I didn't think it was completely awful. I just was like, I wasn't into it. Look, their best match ever is the Clash of the Champions where Mongo wins the United States title. Okay? That's it. They've never had a good match other than that. Not sure if I've ever seen that match. I believe believe it was the very last ever Clash of the Champions. Wow. What a way to go out with Mongo on top, eh? Yeah. (laughs) But after the match, Deborah smiles and shrugs. She then goes to check on Mongo. So was she, like, splitting from him or something? They never really said it. Like, for some reason, she favored Jeff Jarrett. Now, watching this as a kid, I was like, is she just going with him because he's the dreamy blonde guy? What the hell? I don't know. I never understood it. Yeah, she wanted the Chippendales dancer. To my knowledge, they never talked about it. And then, to make matters worse, like, they pair them together in WWE. Yeah, right? uh, Yeah. That was the whole thing, I guess, Jeff, because Vince Russo was obviously watching because I guess they said it was his idea to bring in Deborah and pair him up or pair her up with um, with Jarrett. So that's odd. I don't know. But up next, speaking of uh, odd things happening with people's wives, Kevin Sullivan with Jacqueline, <laughs> with Jacqueline and Jimmy Hart in his corner is taking on Chris Benoit with woman in his corner. It is called a San, a San Francisco death match. This one went about eight and a half yeah, Those happen in the Tenderloin districts uh, every single day. Any local listeners hell? will understand what I mean. Ask your cousin. Yeah. Does your cousin live around, or work around here? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Ask your cousin about the Tenderloin district in San Francisco. Okay. Troy's cousin's a cop in California, folks. Ask him about it. And he'll tell you. I bet you've got some stories. Oh, I'm sure he does. Yeah. Well, and now he's a detective, so I'm sure he has even more stories. Probably worse stories, but okay. I hope I hope he gets paid well for that. By the way, just saying. I think, you get, reason, your, I think you get your normal salary, hazard pay, and tax breaks, and everything for having to work around all those drugs and stuff. But yeah. Well, and he still has a a uh, snow shovel out there, even though you guys don't get snow because he's got to shovel the crap off of a sidewalk every day. So. No. Well, where's he going? <laughs> really, he needs a snow shovel. <laughs> Say what? Where is he going in San Francisco where it only needs a snow shovel? Well, hey, it's just, you know, shovel the shovel the crap off your off your driveway and, you know, just enough. Uh, yeah, my point being, out. if you haven't been there, you need a lot more than a snow shovel. But I digress. Well, he, he uses a shovel first and then he breaks out the, the hose and, you know, the, just enough for the car to get through it. OK, it doesn't have to be clean. Just enough to get the car through. Ah, anyway, to this match. God dang. For some reason, woman and Jacqueline are strapped together. I guess that's part of this. Uh, And they're brawling outside of the ring during this one. They come into the ring eventually, and the strap is used by the men as well as the women. It basically turns into a four-way until the men brawl up the aisle, into the crowd, and into the backstage area. We get another WCW table that no-sells as Jacqueline lays over top of Kevin Sullivan to protect him, and Benoit swan dives on both of them anyway. But the table doesn't break. 
No sold. And Benoit pins Sullivan for the win. I find that to be worse, but personally. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was I cringed. I was like, ooh. And those tables don't break. I'm always like, oh my gosh. Why didn't they ever gimmick their tables? Ever. Because this was like a common thing. I feel like on any WCW show you and I cover where they use a table, this happens. It's, ugh, brutal. But either way, Uncle Dave gave this thing three and a half stars. I gave it two and a half. I thought it was average. What say you? I gave it two. Um, a lot better than I thought it was going to Well, a lot better than I remember, but. Yeah. I just, I was never a Kevin Sullivan fan. Never cared about any of his. Work. I don't understand when people, like, still to this day, that's the greatest heel in history of wrestling. Who the, like, hell what the hell says is he that? watching? That's what they say. Like, you know, I hear people, like, doing retros on him and stuff and refuse. <sighs> I'm sure he did some good heel work as a Satanist down in Florida or whatever, but I just, I don't care. <sighs> and I, and I, I never, never thought he was good either. Make I that clear. Weird. Yeah, I know. His promos made me laugh. They didn't, like, freak me out or anything. I was just like, that New York guy, or sorry, that Boston guy with a thick accent telling me about the devil and the third eye and whatever the hell. Got your third eye right here. The hell. Uh, After the match, Arn Anderson shakes his head while looking down at the ring, amazed. Jimmy Hart checks on Sullivan and Jacqueline, who aren't moving. Agents hit the ring to check on everyone, including Benoit, who's holding the back of his neck. Benoit, Sullivan, and Jacqueline all get structured out of the ring and into an ambulance. And, you know, they're clearly going to a medical facility. And uh, a woman climbs <laughs> woman climbs into the ambulance with Benoit. We now get a commercial for Uncensored, where everyone is in jail telling us to watch the show. I presume they're all in jail because of how bad the show is. It's a crime to keep on holding this thing on an annual basis. I can argue that. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. The, the the previous year, the world famous, uh, was the Alliance and Hulkamania. That was ninety six. Yeah, it was ninety six. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So this, I don't remember uncensored ninety seven. So this one would have a really cool ending where like Sting repelled from the Raptors and finally like made, uh, finally revealed where his uh, allegiance is lied. Beat the hell out of the entire uh, NWO, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, so by default, it's much better than the previous ones. <laughs> sure. If if nobody has seen Uncensored 95 and 96, don't do it. You Before you watch it, we should warn you, don't watch it. Right? Got another your, one in. <laughs> save yourself about mm, five, six hours and just don't pull it up on Peacock. You know, yeah, waste your time on something else like, I don't know, Modern Family. <laughs> moving on here uh this next one is for the wcw world tag team titles it is the outsiders with six defending against the giant the giant honestly looks like a star and a legit giant in this one beating the crap out of both outsiders throughout most of this one at one point six dives at giant gets caught and then thrown at nash and then hall hits giant in the back with a tag title uh, behind the referee's back Nash then hits a jackknife on the giant and collapses. Lex Luger starts to come to the ring. Eric Bischoff tries to stop him, but gets tossed aside. Luger gets on the apron and tags in from the giant before cleaning house, locking Nash in the torture rack and making him tap out. 
The Giant then hits a choke slam on Scott Hall and pins him for the win because I guess Luger's didn't count. Uh, I was really confused as to how Lex Luger could interfere with no repercussions, by the way. Six legit separate his, his shoulder during this run-in, and he'll be out for a few weeks. Uh, Uncle Dave gave this mess three out of, three and a half stars. Again, I give it two and a half, again, for average. Let's say you. So, like, what? because he's there, everything gets an extra star? Not I guess that, so. Like, you know, us, what our ratings are, are the ratings. But, like, it's like everything we've said, he's got one more. Yep. But I'm going to say two. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, this wasn't this wasn't great. I mean, it, it could have been much, much worse considering who's in it, but it it was fine. Uh, Six did like three different freaking run ins throughout this night, plus his match. And he finally got hurt. There you go. He's also fresh to the NWO, too. It's not forget. He's only been there a couple of months. Yep. He was six because he was the sixth man. I don't know you ask because apparently someone says one plus two plus three is why he was six. But yeah, I, I guess it was it was multiple meanings because he was the sixth man and yeah because Scott Scott Hall is the one that came up with his name and he and he said well one two three kid we'll add you know one two and three and you get six so there you go like okay and, you know six comes in in, in a pack you know <laughs> oh my gosh no what he said that are you serious well, uh, Waltman did yeah. Because that's oh where gosh. they came up with six pack. Yeah. Nash claims they came up with six pack because of like two pack. I don't know who to believe then. I, I think I think look, Wolfman's talking for himself. Look, let's be real. He's saying this, but Nash is the only one in that group that was never messed up. So I'm more yeah, inclined right. to believe him. Not that I'm he, saying you know, everything he says is gospel, but I'm more inclined to believe the guy who's never. Not you know, a complete screw up. Yeah, I was trying to find right. good words. Yeah. <laughs> when you can depend on Kevin Ash more than you can everybody else, something's wrong. That's why I tell everybody, I'm like, you know what though? People give Nash crap for the finger poke of doom, and they should. And you know, Triple H's reign of terror and whatever. Like, we need yeah. to remind people that these are the only two guys in the clique that were never messed up. Um. Yep. You know, I'm just pointing that out. I'm not. I'm not saying this an excuse and they're doing all the stuff they did. I'm simply saying. The two that get the rap for that are the two that never had any problems outside of and physical if you ex- uh, <laughs> Well, and if, if you extend the click out to, you know, the peripheral guys, you know, even Just Incredible had multiple issues. And, uh, I mean, unfortunately, um, uh, Louis Spicoli, I mean, see where what yeah, right. happened with him. So this was just an issue all the way around. But. Either way, we're going to take our second to last break. When we come back, it's main event time. The reason why we're all here, right after this. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared the room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. thought I knew your face. Yeah, we somewhere. go way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do ever do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Roadcast. Roadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. 
What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we're back. This one is Hollywood Hulk Hogan defending the WCW World Heavyweight title with Vincent and Ted DiBiase in his corner against Rowdy Roddy Piper. This one went for 10 minutes, 52 seconds. Hogan's apprehensive, but Piper's like a rabid dog going after him. World title matches in WCW. Can I just say, say, before we even get into it, I remember vividly going to the Cal Palace for this, and in my mind, knowing Roddy Piper was leaving with the world title. Oh, yeah. I know. I probably just spoiled it. I'm sorry. No, like 30 years, 20 years spoilers. But um, (laughs) I, in my heart, I knew he was leaving with that title. It just felt like it. I I wish he would have, not to spoil the ending here if nobody's seen it, but I really wish he would have. Because, man, that would have been awesome to see him with that belt. But, and, I mean, didn't he win it later for a minute or no? Never like, won that. I think he went on to win the U.S. title. That was it. In nice no. Yeah, I think this would have been the perfect time. Yeah, I think this would have been the perfect time to slap the title on him, but either way and it's just you know it's funny because 2000 gets the rap sorry gonna veer off a little bit here but the 97 always get i mean 2000 gets the rap for like what 40 world champions yeah 97 people gotta remember it was only two (laughs) you know and you don't have to really count two because luger only held for five days so i'm like you know Uh, sting (laughs) at the end of the year at the tail end though dude like Tail, tail yeah. end. We're talking two days before, I mean, three days before <laughs> New Year's, though. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And also, it it would be held up, right? So it's like. Right. So did he win it? I guess. Point being, though, the world champion was, was dominated this year. Yep. Could, and you can look at it multiple ways, but I think that's a better look for wrestling. Like right now with Roman. Yeah. 
Oh. You know, and, uh, <laughs> not to get so, off on a tangent. So far, not though, with AEW, they, they've not passed it around like candy. i got to give them that. Yeah. I don't God. necessarily like who they've given it to, but they've not passed it around like candy, so good for them. Yeah, and Kenny Omega had a long run, so I felt he should have actually make him matter. Cause I felt they, like he should have been their first champion. Well, no, no, yeah. hang on, but he should have been like that, or him. Yeah. Yep. But WCW title matches, I felt like, never had rules enforced, because Piper low blows Hogan right in front of the ref, chokes him multiple times with his T-shirt, and then hit him with a chair, all of this in front of the referee. Now, oh. Tony Schiavone sometimes would say on commentary, oh, the referee's being a little lax with the rules. Yeah, this isn't so lax they did the acknowledge this is, I'm not yeah, saying you're wrong, but I am saying they did acknowledge it. But it's like, this isn't lax with the rules. This is, there are no rules. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. They also brawled around the ring for way longer than a 10 count, and nothing happened. Sting and Macho Man walk halfway down the aisle. Sting tries to stop Savage, but Macho Man keeps walking down to the ring, and Sting leaves. In the end, Piper locks Hogan in a sleeper hold, and Hogan slumps down to his butt. And it looks like the referee drops his arm three times because the bell rings and Piper celebrates. However, I guess uh, Hogan's foot or feet were under the bottom rope, which I didn't even catch. So the match is restarted. Then Macho Man pulls brass knuckles out of his leather jacket and hands them to Hogan. Hogan gets up and punches Piper, then pins him for the win. This was a confusing effing mess. Uncle Dave gave it a star and a quarter. I give it two stars. What say you? I gave it two. Ah, man, I remember just being pissed when this happened. Did you know what the hell was even going on? Because they rang the bell yeah, and Piper started yeah, celebrating. Yeah, because, uh, well, not that part. But, like, I when Macho Man came out, I, I kept my eye on the whole time. Because during this era, everybody was showing the NWO. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm watching him, watching like, oh, my God, he's going to screw Piper in the end. Just knew it. The moment Sting left. So, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, it wouldn't, I, wouldn't do remember us, every... I do remember us cheering, if that's what you're asking. Yes, we thought he had won. Yeah, I, I mean, were you confused when they restarted? Like, oh, is this after the match? Or yeah, because I don't remember or... the announcer while saying it. Like, we're restarting the match. If he did, I didn't hear it. Now, um, anybody who watches back these old events, if you ever notice, like, go back and watch it. Watch any of them. You barely hear the ring announcer unless it's like uh, Michael Buffer. Yeah, right. Like you hardly ever hear Penzer ever. So I don't remember hearing him say a restart the match if it was said. Yeah, I I really don't know. So either way, uh, after the match, Macho Man joins Hollywood, Hollywood Hogan in beating the crap out of Roddy Piper. <laughs> Savage spray paints NWO on Piper's chest before hitting him with two elbow drops and then holding holding him for two Hogan leg drops. Hogan celebrates with Savage, saying that this was for the Outsiders, and then dumps the ref out of the ring before Savage drops another elbow on Piper. Uncle Dave said, quote, Savage turned heel and joined the NWO, which doesn't make storyline sense for at least a dozen different reasons, but whatever. Yep, I didn't understand it whatsoever. Yeah, so... I didn't understand. Because at the time, going back and looking at it, now I'm looking at it like in hindsight, there were not many big base stars. So when you have all the top guys in the NWO, it creates kind of a log jam for that. And like, okay, well, Hogan's a champ, so how much of him is not going to be champ? It's like, you know, just stuff like that. 
I guess it was right. Luger the Giant, but that wasn't going to happen. Yet. <laughs> yeah, right. But it just, yeah, it was kind of stupid. Yeah, I know. I, I like, Looking back at it, they watered down the interview quickly. I didn't realize how quickly they did it. Now, it's still attraction, obviously. It was still hot, but. Well, either way, that does it for the show. We're going to take our final break of the podcast here. When we come back, we're going to tell you our final thoughts on the show, our final ratings, and what's coming up in the weeks ahead. Right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan McCarthy, and I'm the host of the No Credentials Required podcast. Start your work week with the Monday Drop-In, where I talk about the sports beat in the Capital District, also known as the Mighty 518, as well as Metro New York sports from an upstate point of view. I also give a life lesson from a weekly sports story, so you might learn something from that. I also have a midweek podcast where I interview different sports personalities and talk about a wide array of topics. Take a listen and subscribe on your preferred podcast app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Also, check out our social media channels on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, and Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. We're a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. No credentials required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Find all of our links on our link tree at linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And we are back. And we're back. Final ratings time. Internet Movie Database gave this 6.3 out of 10. Cagematch.net gives it 6.78 out of 10. And I give it 6.5 out of 10 for D. What say you? Gave it a C minus. Yeah, I know it gets extra nostalgia points plus the fact you were there. So yeah, I mean, also I, I mean that. it wasn't a crap of a show. I, I will say this: I, I would have to I would have to think about it like pay per view wise. This was probably the weakest pay per view I was ever at. Mm. Again, I have to really think about that. Yeah, I mean it wasn't wasn't great. I'll say that. I mean, it didn't completely suck. I've seen way worse. It just, I don't know. I wasn't really into this one. It was so-so. But that does it for Super Brawl 7 from 1997. We have a big February planned here. 
Next week, we uh, next couple weeks, actually, we only have one WWF show because next week on February 9th, we're going back to TNA in 2007 for Against All Odds for its 15 year anniversary. I don't think this was a particularly big pay-per-view, if I remember correctly. Uh, mm. yeah. Against all odds, 07. Mm. It was decent. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's... From what it's I can cur- remember, I'm sure there's, there's going to be something I'll see on the show when I rewatch it back. That was like, oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, I mean, the main event is Christian Cage defending the NWA title against Kurt Angle in a nearly 20-minute match. Now that's uh, Chris- really good. Yeah. Shock. I know, right? AJ Styles takes on Rhino in a Motor City chain match. <sighs> Man. Senshi versus Austin Star, LAX versus Team 3D in a Little Italy street fight. I think that's where they put the Italian flag on all the weapons. <laughs> oh, gosh. Stand- it looked like, uh, it looked like, uh, uh, like Mexican weapons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Sting and Abyss go uh, face each other in a prison yard match. I got to remind myself what the hell that was. And Chris Saban defends the X Division title against Jerry Lynn. Oh, and don't forget, yeah, that's, tux- that's probably a good match or a good match on paper, but I don't know if it's a good match or not, considering how old Jerry Lynn is. But we'll have to see. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm gotta- getting most of this event, which I kind of like. Now I have a reason to watch it back and like watch it back for content, not just to write notes. Yeah. Well, this um, this. This card, man. I mean, I, I just named off the good stuff, but we've also got Lance Hoyt versus Dale Torborg in a base brawl match. So I asked uh, you if this was base brawl, and you told me it wasn't. I knew it was. Okay, I, I forgot. I, I, <laughs> you are correct. Uh, uh, dude, that's that's a future AEW challenge, title challenger and the, the demon, dude. That's yeah. money. Well, in Lance Hoyt's corner, he's got David Eric... Er, Eckstein, David Eckstein, who's an, uh, an inf- a former infielder. Yeah. He played for the Angels and the Cardinals. I, I, yeah, I don't I know. know much about Trust baseball. Me. So. Oh, okay. like <laughs> and, uh, he's in, good, though. But... <laughs> well, in uh, Dale Torborg's corner, he's got A.J. Przinski, who was the catcher for the, the White catcher. Sox. Yeah. I believe yeah, he went to the go. Angels, too, I think. He was on the Rangers for a while, Red Sox. Rangers, that's what I knew it was one of my division rivals, yeah. Um, yeah, he was only there for a season, then he went to the Red Sox, so, yeah. But, yeah, oh. And, he and started, so, like, in 2005. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, I, he had the exhibition like, title in the locker room and all that. And, <laughs> yep. Oh. Yeah, because they brought it out on Best Damn Sports Show, and John Cena said, I think I saw the title in the gumball machine outside, and everyone got pissed at him for that. Yeah, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all because his his he goes by AJ, so yeah. there you go. They call him a phenomenal AJ Brzezinski. They got that. They try to get that over. Well, and we've also on the show got Christy Hemi versus Big Fat Oily Guy in a tuxedo match. Yeah. So I, hey, I'm hey, when's the last to... time you you actually rooted for the Big Fat Oily Guy? <laughs> Every damn day. <laughs> but. But all right, uh, that's coming up next week on February 9th. February 16th is going to be our double main event week. We have ECW Cyber Slam 1996. So we're going back to the land of extreme for that. Don't know if it's any good. Probably I'm not. taking any credit for this. TGA <laughs> gave me two choices. 
He said, do you want the smelly crap or the kind of smelly crap? Ah, come on. Go. <laughs> you picked the smallest pile of crap you could find. Okay, I'm going on pa- I'm going off paper, by the way. This actually might be good. I don't know. Yeah, my knowledge, I've know. never seen it. So I kid, I but it could be good. Who knows? I didn't like ECW in 96 at all, but yeah, it could be halfway decent. I don't know. But we're also. I never that- liked ECW at all, <laughs> other than a couple of good things. <laughs> well, we're covering that and bonus show that week. It is going to be WWF Raw is War, the very first ever two-hour Raw from February 3rd, 1997. So yeah, I'm, that, I'm looking forward to watching that back actually. Yeah, I am too. I'm I'm I haven't seen it, so I'm thinking for the first two-hour Raw, especially with you know now they're in the battle I'm with Nitro. Tr- trying to remember, trying to remember if this was the infamous cage match where Brett shoves Vince on his ass. I feel like this I, was it. That might have been, come to think of it. But yeah, anyway, that's... Or uh, that's it might have, been, might have been a tag match with the WrestleMania main event guys. I'm confused. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> well, we'll have to see when we get there. So we're changing it up a little bit. we got some big things coming for you in the future. Keep your eye on the YouTube page and uh, our, our link tree. That's linktr.ee forward slash main event marks. And uh, yeah, so, like I said, big things coming in the future. Thanks for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And next week, we'll see you all again when we go against all odds for TNA 2007. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 